anybody here understand that God is with us right now? That, that Jesus is here with us? I, 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 I believe that whatever we would put our hands to, whatever we would agree upon, that we would see a, a move of God if we would come together in that purpose and that distinction. So I welcome you to the house of the Lord where the power of God is present, where we can see the things of God manifest itself. Amen. And what a marvelous thing that is. How many believe today that God loves us? How many believe today that God loves us? Listen, it's God's will that he would manifest himself in such a way that we would see the tangible expression of the love of God. And so I welcome everybody here today. We are, we have been, if this is your first time or maybe you've been part of the, the series of messages, we are in a series called The Names of Jesus. And the reason why we've embarked on this journey on the names of Jesus is that you need to know that Jesus says, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world or the end of the age. Well, how does Jesus travel with us? How does he go? He goes with us through his name, right? Of course, through his spirit, through the spirit of God. But his name is how we move in this world, how we accomplish the purposes of the Lord. And it's so important that you know the names of Jesus. Now, I know you know the name of Jesus because you say it all the time. But do you know what it means to say the name of Jesus? And do you know the expression of that name throughout the many titles or names that Jesus has received, been attributed to him? And that's what we've been doing. We've been going through the names. So some of y'all know we talked about the name Emmanuel. How many know God is with us, right? We went back and investigated the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, when we found out that Jesus is wonderful. He's counselor. Come on, somebody. He's mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. And we talked about that last week, how marvelous that is. Today I'm going to talk to you about something you probably think you're familiar with, but I want to encourage you to open up ears because what I'm about to give to you is probably stuff you don't know. Many of us think we perceive to know Jesus as the Word, but do you? And so I'm going to give you a, a, a message today. The Spirit of the Lord inspired me. He's been... Even as I went to sleep last night, he was speaking to me in my dreams. Amen. And I want to invite you into this marvelous message entitled The Word. We're going to talk about that today. So let's do this. I want you to stand. I've got a couple things I need to do, which is a little, not, not necessarily unusual, but I want to take you to two texts. I'm, I, I, I want to do two things. So we're first going to visit St. Matthew 17. I want to read to you the story of the transfiguration. And then I'm going to go to St. John chapter 1 and read the first four verses of St. John 1. This is probably most of which most of you are familiar with St. John chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in St. Matthew uh, chapter 17, and I'm going to read. This is the story of the transfiguration. This is something many, many months ago the Spirit of the Lord began to talk to me about uh, as, we were, as I was preparing this series uh, for the church. And so this again is St. Matthew chapter 17, St. Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to read this all the way down uh, to verse 5, right? Uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll read down to verse 7. There's a little piece there I think may be valuable just so that you could see uh, how distinct this is. Today I'm going to be talking about the Word of God and I'm going to be describing the glory of God. So be, bear with me. How many know that things like God's holiness is literally undescribable? Uh, and when you talk about the glory of God, it is something that is very difficult to articulate. I'm going to do my very best to do that. So bear with me today as I get into some, uh, maybe some heavier matters in the law or in the word of God rather. Uh, and so just bear with me as we get through some of these uh, topics today. So St. Matthew 17, beginning here at verse 1, it says this. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up unto a high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. So it, it, for some of you that don't know, if you don't know, that, 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 that is a description of glory, right? So his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto, unto them Moses and Elias talking with him, and in verse 4, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. 
if thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. And while he yet spake, now watch this, here comes another expression of the glory of God. It says, and while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Uh, I, I heard this morning that we got a word already on the Shekinah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. So just so you know that the Spirit of God is trying to move to give you an understanding of the glory of God. And while he yet spake, he said, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. This is another expression of the glory. Watch this. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now notice we get a little distinction in this verse. Because not only did he say, Behold, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Notice what God says. He says, Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. Mm. They were in the manifested glory of God. So let's go to John, John, St. John chapter 1, and I'm going to read this here. Of course, I'll allude back to these, these texts here in just a moment. But I just wanted you to get this in because something is important that you, you lay hold of this morning. Look what it says here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now watch, now watch, watch how this transitions. This is all about the glory. I want you to catch this. This is all about glory. He says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So you, you might want to catch that one more time. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, the next thing you hear was, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, so look, I'm going to... We're going to get into some stuff. It's going to get heavy in here. Amen. But you're going to make it. I want to pray with you, right? And it's so important that we just get away from anything going on. Uh, if you've got a date tonight, <laughs> if you're going somewhere special for lunch, I don't know what's happening in the house. We just got to separate. For the next 30 minutes, I just want to give you something that I believe can revolutionize your faith in the Lord, right? Can really establish who you are and what you do for God by understanding the names of Jesus, right? So just got to just get your mind in tune with the Lord. So pray with me, and I really want you to pray with me, right? I want you to pray with me. Father, we are here in an attempt to describe what is indescribable. That's you. Holy Spirit, give us the ears to hear and the heart to comprehend these very delicate matters impress this word Holy Spirit in our hearts that we might be changed by the hearing of the word that our faith might be increased for faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the very word of God the word of the Lord but let it come and let it let it come let it come let it come let it fall on us that we might walk out of here distinctly different than when we first came in that we might apprehend knowledge that we've never apprehended before, that we might use that knowledge to advance the kingdom of heaven wherever you might send us. So, so I pray blessing and help and strength over every person here. I pray that for the next 30, 40 minutes that our, our minds, our attentiveness will be solid, that we'll come, we'll approach the altar of God, we'll make transaction with God, we'll, we'll be renewed again, we'll, our minds will be refreshed in the knowledge of the word of the Lord. And we just pray blessing over the house of God. We pray purpose here. We pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, I'm going to have you to go. This is what I need you to do right now. I need you to, I need you to, I need you to go find somebody today that looks sad. And you shouldn't have any problem finding them because when I've been looking out, everybody's got a frown on their face for some reason. So I want you to go find somebody that looks at it and I want you to tell them the glory of God is here. Go tell them. Just go tell them the glory of God. Go find somebody. If you haven't seen Sister Dorcas, uh, she's in from Amarillo. Sister Dorcas, it's good to see you. 
We got a full house today. It's so good to see all the family, faith, and the people of God. Welcome, 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 welcome. Amen. saluting each other. Say hello. Did you find all the sad people? Did you see all the sad people? I tell you what, it's taking y'all an extra five minutes. Anybody got a frown on their face? They look a little dejected. Tell them the glory of God is here. Glory of the Lord is present. That's reason to celebrate. That's reason to celebrate. Amen. That's reason to celebrate. The glory of the Lord is here. Amen. The glory of God is here. How awesome that is. How amazing that is. How beautiful that is. Amen. We're seeing everybody still moving about, shaking hands and saying hello and glory to God and how important that is that the fellowship of the Lord continue. How many know you're not going to make heaven without the help of your brother and sister? Amen. You're not going to get to heaven without me and I'm not going to get to heaven without you. Amen. We need each other's help. Don't let anybody fool you. You ain't going to be no secret commando, no, 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 you know, undercover agent in the kingdom. You need help, and you need each other's help. Amen. Somebody say glory to God. We need each other if we're going to see the things of God happen and appear. Amen. How amazing is that? Let's, let's be mindful. Let's be mindful of what's happening here in the kingdom of God. Amen and amen and amen. Allow me for a moment to introduce to you the nature of God. A, a nature so terrible that if God would really appear, the inherent nature of God, we'd all be consumed by it. Right. I, I think in the church what's happened is we've lost the reverence of a holy God. A God, a God full of glory. Uh, primarily because we've never considered who is God. It's not this the work of the church to be able to develop within itself, in, uh, amongst ourselves, who God really is? It's not that our work? Isn't that what we call theology? The study of God? Who is God? I'll give you a few New Testament scriptures, then I'm going to kind of start incrementally helping you to understand just how terrible God is. Uh, uh, Paul writing the Hebrew Christian says this, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, if you need a reference. He says, our God is a consuming fire. Now, don't take that spiritually, take it naturally. For wherever we can apply a, 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 a very natural alliteration of the word, we take it that way. We, we can interpret the Bible literally first, then symbolically second. When the Bible says our God is a consuming fire, that's the reference to Deuteronomy 4.24. For our God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. God is a consuming fire. We're also told, uh, John the Revelator, the beloved, gives us this verse. Y'all recognize this right away. He says, this is the message we have heard of him. This is 1 John, uh, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you. What was that message? What, what did Jesus teach the disciples so profound that the beloved would have to categorize it in the verse? He says, this is the message we have heard of him that we declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. He's a consuming fire. 
He is the light. Now, I'm going to expound on this in a minute. Uh, Jesus speaking to the woman at the well who wanted to know where she should worship. Figuring that worship would be a location. And what did, what did Jesus teach her about God? He says, our God is a spirit. And they that worship us worship in spirit and truth. So God is a consuming fire. He's a light. He's a spirit. Uh, what, uh, what amazes me is that, uh, is that Apostle Paul writing uh, to that young Timothy, that young preacher, uh, gives him this quotient. And I think this is something that uh, we should think through. In fact, you have your Bibles, right? Open your Bibles to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. I want to say it's somewhere verse 15 or 16 of that particular chapter. Uh, and, and Paul gives to Timothy something unique about this light. In fact, in fact I'll read it with you. This is, this is 1 Timothy Chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15, he says this. Which in his times he will show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now watch what he says. Who, ha who only hath immortality, watch this, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto. In other words, though we, say, though we say God is a light, you can't get close to it. <laughs> let me, anybody want to go a little deeper? Uh, let, 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 me, let me give you a, in fact, open your Bibles, Exodus 24. I, I, I'm going to teach you this if this is the last thing I do. I want you to know Exodus chapter 24. Some of you that know your Bible that know that Exodus 24 was where there is a theophany. A theophany is where God appears in the Old Testament. Now, now many of you know that Jesus made theophanies in the Bible. How many know that Jesus appeared to Joshua? How many know that Jesus appeared, uh, appeared to Abraham? How many know that Jesus appeared to Manoah, the father of Samson? These are what we call theophanies. There are rare occasions where God introduces himself. Uh, where God appears. And whenever God appears, not, not the Son, not the Holy Spirit. Because how many know when the Holy Spirit came that there was a, a, a sound of a, a mighty, that there was a, a rushing wind. There were cloven tongues of fire. I want you to begin to assimilate some of these thoughts, these literal translations of God appearing. I want you to see that when God appears in Exodus 24, he appears on Mount Sinai. The Bible says, listen, when God enters into this realm, the atmosphere responds to his entering. This is not symbolic. This is literal. When God shows up, everything gets burnt up. He is terrible. He is terrifying. And the nation of Israel saw God that way. They had awe and reverence towards God. Because when God appears, everything gets consumed. Anybody ever, uh, I was quoting this verse some of the day, because uh, I love this, because Peter gave us an indication of just how terrible it is. Jesus, uh, Peter, speaking of the coming of Jesus, says that, 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 that we know that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And he says this, the heavens shall, the atmosphere, right? The heavens, the atmosphere shall pass away with a great noise. Listen. The elements will melt with fervent heat. The periodic table, 118 elements. The world will be consumed at the appearing of God literally. Yes. See, we don't think of him that way. But this is the way the Bible describes him, right? He says, the, the world will pass away also, and all works therein shall be burned up at the glory of Jesus Think about what I just told you, right? So I want you to see that God made an appearance, right? Because you know how a lot of times we say, I want to see God. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Because if God showed up, you'd be burnt up. Uh, notice this. God, God makes a, what they call a theophany. God appears to give to Moses the Ten Commandments. He's literally going to write them with his very finger. The Bible says that when he showed up on Mount Sinai, the Bible says that there was thunder and there was lightning. The rocks of the mountain were breaking in two. It was shaking. The whole earth was shaking. 
The Bible says that there was a fire on the top of Mount Sinai and it billowed like a great furnace. And the Bible says, are you there in Exodus 24? Now, I love this little, I've been reading these things for months. I love this little, this little clip that Moses gives us uh, to give us a little reference as to what just happened. Are you in Exodus 24, 17? Exodus 24, 17. You can read these stories later. But, but I want you to see what happened. Watch this. And I want you to hear it. Everybody pay attention. Watch. Because if you miss this, you're going to miss the message of the word. So watch this. Catch this. Exodus 24, 17, it says. And the sight of the glory. You see that? Watch this. And the sight of the glory of God was what? Like a devouring fire. What? In the eyes of the children of Israel. In other words, what happened was they saw the glory of God. And it was to them as a consuming fire. And from that passage, do we get Deuteronomy 4.24 and Hebrews 12.29. Our God is a consuming fire. When God appears, things get burnt up. You, you, you cannot approach God. He's a consuming fire. It, it's very odd that God, who is a consuming fire, who is a spirit, is literally invisible. But there's a tangible effect in the atmosphere when he appears. When God leaves the realms of heaven and enters into the realms of earth, the earth responds cataclysmically to his arrival. It's like an atom bomb going off. He affects every atom, every photon, every molecule, every particle is affected by his sheer presence. This is God. Some of y'all, some of y'all, I, I, I love all, I, I don't got time to talk to you even about how, how when God, how many know that God sojourned, I'll, I'll say, how many know that when God sojourned with Israel, when they went to the wilderness, that God went with them? A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Why do we need a pillar of cloud to protect you? The, the, the glory, right? When the cloud appears, we need, we need divine protection. How many know that for the priest, winner of the Holy Holies, he had to create incense. He had to create smoke so that the vision of God, the, 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 the visage of God could not be seen. Otherwise, he'd be consumed. That's why the Bible says that they will tie a rope around the priest's ankle and put back in him yet. But he didn't get a sight of the visage of God because sometimes they would fall dead and they'd pull him out from the, from the Holy of Holies. Listen, God is terrible. He's awesome. He's, you you got to think of God that way. You got to know that when he appears, everything gets consumed. He's God. We, we can't handle in this realm his presence. He affects everything here. And because God is that way, he has to keep you at an arm's distance. That's why when Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory, you say, you can't see my glory and live. The only thing I can reveal to you is my goodness. And the Bible says that when he saw the goodness of God, what does the Bible say? He's shown like the sun. That's beautiful. I, I, I love it when, 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 when God will be gracious enough to let us see him, but in a dream. <laughs> I had a, I had a, a vision uh, the other day uh, in prayer of, of God in time. A, and it was only by the grace of God that I could see that light. <laughs> Terrifying is the expression of God by light. Daniel, uh, some of y'all, how many know who Daniel is? Daniel uh, gives to us one of the most prolific chapters in eschatology, Daniel chapter 10. But I would encourage you to read Daniel 7. In Daniel 7, he dreams a dream, and, and, and he gets a revelation of that dream. And this is what Daniel said about God. He says, watch this, he says, and all the thrones, beheld, I saw all thrones cast down. And he says, and the ancient of days did sit. Amen. She says, and his garment was white as light, as white as snow. And the hairs on his head were like as of pure wool. And his throne as of a fiery flame. 
And the wheels of his throne, giving inference to that chariot, was as a burning fire. Know what he said? And a burning stream issued from before him. That there was a, there was a, a river of fire billowing out from the throne of God. Just, just a vision, just to capture the awe of him. How many know that the prophet Isaiah said, I, in, the king, that, 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 in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. What was that reference? To Jesus. But what does he say? There was smoke there. Well, he couldn't see him clearly. But I fell at my head his feet as a dead man. How many remember the story? Let me just, can, can I keep pressing this into you? How terrible it is? How terrible? How terrible? I just want you to hear just how terrible it is. Uh, can, can I press into your, this into your spirit? Uh, how many know that, that there's a man by the name of Saul while he was on the road to Damascus to persecute the church? Of course, this is post-resurrection Jesus. He, that Jesus appeared to, to, to Saul as he traveled to Damascus. But when Jesus appeared, this is what the Bible records, that there was a light that came. And it shone all about them. And guess what happened? Paul went blind. And if not for the grace of God to send the man Ananias to heal him from his blindness... He would have remained blind the rest of his life. And all he saw was the light of God. You've ever seen something so bright? Boom. You know, years ago when we were younger, they used to have Polaroid pictures, right? A Polaroid. They'd say, stand there. We're going to take a Polaroid picture. And you would stand. And he had a little flash. Right? And when it would flash, you like that. For, for about two or three minutes, you saw a little black dot in your eye. You, you walk around. There's, a, there's that little black dot because somebody shot you with the flash. Can you imagine? That he saw a light so bright that his eyes were blinded. Paul was blinded by the light. This is the manifested glory of God. That's why God is careful about where he shows up. Because when he shows up, damage is done. Y'all get that? Now to the text. The Bible says that, that in this passage, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to the mountain apart. And the Bible says in there, Jesus was transfigured. I want you to see that Jesus never, ever, ever revealed his glory in all of the scriptures except in that passage right there. And the only time that we get reference is the reference that Matthew gave us out of Matthew 17. This is the only time that Jesus ever revealed his glory. And I just think you need to hear that because people always say the greatest miracle Jesus ever did was in St. John chapter 11 when the rising last Lazarus. Be careful because I believe the greatest miracle ever done is a revelation of the deity of Christ Amen. where Jesus revealed himself as God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you think about that just for a minute. And in that short little revelation, the Bible says his clothes shined as light yeah. and his face did shine as the brightness of the very sun itself. You think about that for a minute. Th th think about how shielded those disciples were. Do you, do you know that the sun, the sun, the present sun, I'm talking literal, I'm not talking spiritually, I'm talking literal, right? Do you know that the sun is 91 million miles away and you still need sunscreen? Some of you white complected folk in here. You, you stay out too long and even the parts of the sun that you don't see burns you. It's called UV light. Even the UV light that your eyes can't detect, you're still sunburned by it. Anybody ever been around a campfire? Some of y'all like going camping and you make a little campfire. You can't get but a little close to that campfire for you feel the heat of that campfire. Can you imagine the disciples, the divine protection it must have been for them to see Jesus shining as the sun and not be consumed by it. Listen, this is a miracle of monumental proportion. I want you to see what happens, that these guys see the glory of God. Now, of course, Peter, right, uh, wants to build temples. 
You know, there's work to do, but he wants to get involved into construction, right? And we don't got time for construction, right? And so, so as he's thinking that, wouldn't it be nice if Peter had just not talked and just listened? I would have liked to have known what Moses and, and Elias were talking to Jesus about. I, I would have preferred that versus the story that we're given, right? But what we're given is he wants to build temples. And while he's still yet speaking, watch what happens. A cloud appears. Anybody ever heard of the ascension? That while Jesus was still speaking, blessing the disciples, that a cloud appeared and Jesus ascended into the cloud, into the glory of God, into the Shekinah. This is the glory, right? I want you to see it's literal. And so I want, I want you to hear what happens. So the cloud appears, and this cloud comes to say something that he said before. The Bible says that the cloud appeared, and a voice from heaven was heard saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, we remember that because that happened in St. Matthew chapter 3 when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. When he came straight out of the water, the heavens opened, and lightning came upon him. And a dove descended from heaven and rested upon him, and a voice was heard saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased please accept this time. There's a nuance to the message. We hear this. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, hear ye him. Uh, Peter, to show you that this is about glory, Peter says to the church, we have not followed after cunningly devised fables when we declare unto you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus, for we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He says, for he received from God the Father glory and honor. He says, when, when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. See, the voice came from glory. Let me say it again. The voice came from glory. The, the voice came out of the fullness of God. He appeared, but he, he, sent, he sent that cloud first so that you won't be consumed by his glory. But the voice came. said, listen to him. So you ready? Looking at the time. So, so now I'm going to teach you St. John chapter 1, verse 1. Listen to this. For in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Most of us, if you've done any study, you're told that the Word in Greek is called logos. That's about as far as we go to study that. Can I suggest to you that the word logos in the Greek, the way the, the hearer of the day heard the word logos, understood that logos meant divine reason. Divine reason. In other words, I'm going to say it the way you probably need to hear it. The reason why God speaks is Jesus You missed it, man. You missed it. The only voice, the only words recorded both in the Old and New Testament, the only reason why God speaks is because of Jesus. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. God, the reason why God speaks is Jesus. Y'all ain't getting that. I'm going to let that settle in your spirit, man. That's like... That's like a good, rich bowl of gumbo, right? That's a menudo right there. That's, you got to let all that broth get on you. That's, that's a deep statement. That the only reason why God speaks is because of his son. Amen. <clears throat> we know that in the beginning is, is a reference to creation story. That in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. The same was with God in the beginning. And what says? Now watch what the next verse is, right? Verse 3. You got your Bibles? You, you read it for yourselves. All things were created by him. 
All things were created by him. Do you know that all of creation is an expression of the glory of God? Is an expression of that which is invisible. For the invisible things of him are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made. Right? Even his eternal power and his Godhead so that they are without us. Come on, people. That, that, that all of the things that are made, all of creation is an expression of the glory of the Son. S-O-N, not S-U-N. That everything that God did is to show you his glory. He wants you to know how high he is. How elevated Jesus is. Everything in him we live and move and have our being. Everything is about Jesus and everything God says is about him. And everything he created is to show you how highly exalted he is in heaven. He's God's glory. He's the glory of God. The Son is God's glory. Let, 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 let me go back because I could tell some of you are like John. You, you, you know, do you know that John in that same chapter he says, and we beheld. And we beheld, listen, the glory. We beheld the glory. As of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Right. So, so even John needed, needed a lesson in the glory of the Lord. Watch this. How many of you know that John's the beloved, right? John's called the beloved because uh, of all the disciples, it is said that John loved Jesus most. How many would like to have that title, that you love me the most? I love me. Ooh, that's nice. I want to be the one that loves Jesus most. How many remember that? Well, Jesus saw on the cross. This is how much Jesus and John had a relationship. He said, Mother, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. How many know that when Jesus was at the Last Supper, the Bible records it is John who has his head on the bosom of the Lord. This has always stuck to me. I think years ago, 15, 20 years ago when I read it, God seared these verses in my spirit. They've just been there permanently. I love this because now John the Revelator is on the Isle of Patmos. And he's, and he's taken up into the third heaven. And he's seen dreams and revelations. He, he, gets a, he gets a vision, a visage of Jesus. But watch what happens. He says, he says and as I turn, there was a voice. Let me back up because i got to give you some context here. There's a voice who said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. He says, I'm about to show you some things and write them down because I'm going to talk to the, the pastors of seven churches. <laughs> Angels, if you will. John says this. Yeah, I've never forgotten these words. He says, and as I turned to see the voice which spake behind me, as I turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of those seven golden candlesticks, one likened unto the Son of Man. Clothed in a garment down to the foot. Gird about the paps with the golden girdle. Uh, his head and his hair were, were, were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes as a flame of fire. This is John the Revelator. Can you imagine? He's getting, he's getting a visage of the Lord that he has never seen before. Uh, how many remember that Jesus in his prayer, I love reading. If you ever want to know how to pray, read John 17. Uh, John 17, Jesus says this to the Lord. Oh, Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory that I had with you before the world was. John is now seeing Jesus in his glorified state. This is his feet, whereas fine brass as though it burned in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. In his right hand were seven stars, and out of his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword. And watch this. And his countenance was likened as unto the sun that shineth in his strength. And he says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And Jesus came and touched me and said, be not afraid. This is the glory. I want you to see that the word, the logos, is a divine reason. Well, what is a divine reason? How do we reason? How many know? I, 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 <laughs> 
I could teach on this forever. How many know that, that the Bible says that the disciples, this post-resurrection Jesus, that, that, that Cleophas and another disciple were on the way to Emmaus. And as they walked, a man joined them, was walking with them, and he asked them this question, what manner of conversation have you as you reason among yourselves? As you walk, watch this, and are sad. What reason? Did you hear it? What are you reasoning? What is your logos? You say you know the word. What's your logos? Think about what I'm telling you. Think about what I'm saying to you. These men were walking, and as they reasoned, they were sad as they logosed, as they logosized. They were sad. And the Bible says that Jesus walked alongside them, and he explained to them the scriptures. And, and as they sojourned, they came to a place that even where they wanted to stop and get a bite to eat, and they asked him if he would stay. And as they asked him, he immediately disappeared. And the Bible says this, that the disciples looked among themselves, did not our heart burn within us as we as he talked with us by the way as he opened unto us the scriptures while, while the reason how many know the prophet jeremiah I, I i like the prophet jeremiah this is both in the in the 20th chapter of jeremiah and the 23rd chapter of jeremiah uh, when jeremiah says uh, that the lord said it's not my word like fire yeah. it's not my word break rocks into pieces was not Jeremiah who said, the, 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 I got a fire down deep in my bones. Because how many know the word of God can get down into your joint, into your marrow? So I want you to hear it. I, I, I love this passage. How many know? Just to show you, I'm going I'm to start sweeping all this up into a dustpan. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to bring it all in together. How many know that this invisible God is now visible in the Logos. Let me say it again. How many know this invisible God, the God of spirit, is now visible in the Logos? Watch what the Bible says. For he is the image of the invisible God. Somebody hear that? All that God is, is in him. For it pleased the Father that all his fullness... For it pleased the Father that in him all his fullness shall dwell, the light. For in him was life, and that life was the light of men. That everything that God is is now embodied in the Logos, how we reason. What is the reason for the Logos? To produce glory. Y'all missed that, man. And this may be too deep for some of y'all because this is getting into some of the philosophical aspects of the scriptures. And you may not ever approach this. And it may take you your whole lifetime to understand that he is the word. He is the logos. His divine purpose, the meaning of his name is to produce the glory of God. The glory of God. Somebody say the glory. His name manifests the fullness of God. Literally like dropping an atomic bomb on an issue when you say in Jesus' name. How many know that the name of God was reverenced? I just want you to hear this. The name of God was so reverenced that anywhere that you read in your Bible, L-O-R-D-E, L-O-R-D in capitalization is where Moses, who wrote the Pentateuch, took the name Yahweh and inserted the word Adonai for fear that they would take the Lord's name in vain. That was never God's intention. That his name was now omitted. It had become invisible, useless in the hands of the people of Israel. Now the name is given to you Jesus said, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Brother, sister, you may never understand that, but I want you to know that that name produces the glory of God. 
And you ought to think of that name that way. You ought to think that whenever you pull out the name of Jesus, whenever you point your finger at something and say, in the name of Jesus, you're invoking the light of God and the, the spirit of God and the fire of God and the lightning of God and the authority of God. And you're saying, in Jesus' name. Because I know when I pray for you, when I'm standing there before somebody's sick, when I say in the name of Jesus, I'm dropping a bomb on their sickness. I'm dropping a bomb on the problem. You say, well, pastor, where do you get that from? I get it from the scriptures. Get it straight from the Bible. How, 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 many, how many know that there's the story of Jesus getting accusation? You know, in the world, uh, some of you have accused the Lord of things, and, and, and if I would really could get in my flesh and tell you, I'd, I'd cuss you out. Because I hate when you defame God's name. Because you like to say you prayed and God didn't answer his prayer. You, you like to say, Lord, Pastor, I prayed and God didn't do what I asked him for. You like to defame his name. I know that I wish I could get in your face and tell you how I really feel about it, but I got I to stay in the spirit. I got to walk in the spirit with you. I, I, I got to teach you that, that this issue isn't, isn't the name of Jesus. This issue is your unbelief. This issue is your lack of knowledge. For my people perish for a lack of knowledge. They don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know what they're saying. They think they know the word. They think they have logos, but they don't know the divine reason. The divine reason, when you say the name of Jesus, you should expect fire and authority and thunder and power to come. That's the logos. That's his name. It produces God's word. God is in that name. God is in that name. He dwells in that name. That's his habitation. That's his abode. Everything God says is because of Jesus. And he's still in the business of glorifying his son. And brothers and sisters, you got to get over yourself. And you, you got to start asking Jesus the real question. Why is it that when we prayed, when we prayed, we didn't get He said, well, let me tell you why you didn't get what you had. Your unbelief kept you from it. And I'm man enough and I'm pastor enough to look you in your face and say, if you've ever prayed a prayer, the reason why it didn't come together is because you didn't have faith in his name. And I'll tell you that to your face. Because wherever I see any, any level of, of discrepancy, I look to myself and not to God. Because God changes not. The same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that there's every problem in my faith. It's my faith that's the problem, not his. Because when I'm faithless, he remains faithful. For that's his character. He cannot deny himself. Get over you. Look at your neighbor and say, get over yourself. Been talking about you've been praying for 20 years and God hadn't moved yet. You're faithless. Are you telling me the logos, the divine reason, the purpose of his coming to embody the invisible God, to be a light to the world, to be the fullness of God that you use his name and nothing happened? Brother and sister, I contend with you. That's your faith, not his. Let me tell you how the world does it. St. John chapter 11 is a picture of the world, symbolically. They send a message to Jesus, a prayer to Jesus, and he waits. Don't come right away. You know, I'm glad God made you wait. I'm glad he waited. You know why? To the intent that you might believe. Because not everything's going to happen, you know, snippety-snap. Not everything's going to happen every time you bark out a prayer and all of a sudden, poop out, everything's there and done. Sometimes God waits because he's building your faith. He says, though he tarry, wait for him. And that's good for you to wait. Because while you wait, you get to work out your theology. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you what the Bible says. Though he that wait upon the Lord. Come on, man. You're going to renew your strength. You're going to mount it with eagles. You're going to run and not be weary. You're going to, you're going to run and not faint. Come on, somebody. L listen, you've got to understand what's happening in the world. Uh, the world barks out, sends a prayer. Jesus waits, and now we lose all faith. And even when Jesus showed up, what are we telling him? Man. Man, had you been here? Had you showed up when we prayed? I won't be in the mess that I'm in. And you know what Jesus said? Martha ran out just to accuse him. You know what Jesus says? Your brother will live again. 
You know what she says? You think she would have said, hallelujah. You're right on time. You're going to do glory here. Everybody's going to see who you are. You know what she said? Yeah, I know. Over there in the sweet Beulah land. In that day of resurrection, he'll rise again. And Jesus said, listen to him. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Friend, you see, you got Jesus over there, but he's actually right here. Let me say that one more time. You got Jesus over there, when in actuality, he's right here. He's right now. Now, faith is, baby, right now. I'm building this. I'm building. I think somebody's climbing with me. I think you're going with me. Now, watch what happens. Watch what happens. So, so, so Jesus, of course, we know that there was an expression there where Jesus was ultimately frustrated with all this crying and all the nonsense going on. And finally, Jesus says, where have you laid him? And they took Jesus, watch this, they took Jesus over to where the tomb was. And Jesus says what he has to say. Roll the stone away. That's why I'm here, right? I am the resurrection and the life. Roll the stone back. I mean, you sent for me, right? You know, I was busy over there. Wouldn't it be nice if we... It's so ridiculous. Do you know that everywhere Jesus went, he had to be present? Think think about how long that takes. Imagine that if every benevolence you would ever do in your life, you would have to physically be there. Imagine how long that takes. Imagine how much time it wastes to have to walk over to Capernaum. To have to walk over to Bethany, right? You got to walk. Isn't it nice when you run into the centurion who says, no, you don't have to come. Just speak the word. What? Come on, let's go. I'll go with you. Man, listen, I, I, I'm a man of authority. I know how it works. I, I say one come, he comes under the name of Caesar. I say, I, I serve Caesar. I'm a, I'm a deputy under Caesar. I'm an officer. I tell one to go, he goes. I tell one to come. He does whatever I tell him. You just simply speak the word. Jesus said, Jesus marveled. Because I've not seen so great a faith, no, not in all in Israel. Because I tell you the truth. You're going to be come from him from the north, from the east, from south, the west, that are going to sit in the thrones that were ordained for you. But they're going to sit in them. Why? Because they had faith in my name. And the Bible says his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Jesus, roll the stone back. That's why you called me. That's why I'm here. Roll the stone back. And you said, Lord, he surely stinketh. Look at your neighbor and say, you stink, not God. God. You stink. Your faith stinks. And we got to get our faith right. Watch Jesus. He's much more polite than I am. Look look at how sweet Jesus is. Look look at how tender Jesus is. He's much more tender than I'm being with you this morning. Because, you know, sometimes i got to shake you a little bit. I I, got to get you. You think you're coming here today to hear the names of Jesus, but you didn't come qualified in that name. You didn't come here thinking that you're going to do business from God. You didn't come here thinking that God's going to send you somewhere where there's going to be somebody that needs a miracle, that needs the the glory of God to manifest. And I'm here to teach you that if you use that name, you manifest the glory of God. It is the Logos. It is the Word. Brother says you're going to need it because Tuesday somebody's going to call from the ICU. You're going to be shaken or are you going to go with the glory? Are you going to hear all the rhetoric? Surely he stinks now. Or are you going to say, roll the stone back? I'm here bearing the name. So, of course, she said, Rosa says, surely he stinks. And then Jesus says this. Watch how tender Jesus is. He says, didn't I tell you that if thou canst believe, watch, you would see the glory of God. Didn't I tell you that if thou canst believe, you would in fact see the glory of God? And the Bible says, and Jesus cried with a loud voice. A theologian say, Jesus gave Rima. 
See, when you, when you believe on the name, when the Logos lives, you speak Rima. You, you, you speak the message of God to a situation. And so here's the logos. Here's the divine purpose to bring glory. Now because he knows what he's to do, he knows his mission. Now he speaks to Rima and he says, the Bible says, and he cried with a loud voice and said, he remed and said, Lazarus, come forth. Uh, y'all know the end of the story, right? You know the end of the story, right? Okay, do this for me. I'm going to end with this. I'm already past 12. See, if y'all hadn't, hadn't uh, taken so long with all the fanfare, I'd finish the message. Oh, stand with me right now to your feet. Open your Bible. St. John 14. I want you to see, hear this. The Logos is the divine reason. Uh, the divine reason of God speaking is Jesus. But what, what is the reason for the reason? <laughs> That's the glory of God. Think about that. I, I want you next time when you pray, when you say in Jesus' name, that you're invoking the glory of God. Yes, you, you are dropping a bomb, <laughs> a light bomb. A fiery bomb, a spiritual bomb on the thing that's hurting you or working against you, on a demonic work, on a thing. Are you in St. John? I'm going to end with this. And I want you to hear something. I actually gave this verse to the church the other day. I could actually quote probably all of that chapter. But I'm going to go back. This is St. John 14. Some of y'all know this is a part where you said, let not your heart be troubled. You remember God, but you also me. If I was asking many mansion, we're not so I would have told you. But if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. I can keep going, right? This is St. John 14. Now, I want to take you to, the, to a particular passage because Philip says something that I think is paramount in this message. So, verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. I'm sure Jesus was like, oh, my word. This is when you rub your temple like this, you say. First of all, if God appeared, you'd be consumed. You are never going to see him the way you want to see him. Are you all there? So I really want you to take careful note of what this conversation says. Watch, he says, have I been so long time with you, Philip? How says thou, show us the Father? Watch what he says. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Y'all there? Verse 10. Now this is the verse I want to bring you to. And I just want you to hold on to this. Because this week, I don't know where God's going to send you. You know, every week I'm looking for an opportunity to go somewhere. If somebody's sick, somebody got a problem. I'm, I'm sending a message. Can I go? Can I visit you? Can I go over there? I, I love it when people invite me places. I'm going to be with Sister Karen. And she's going to walk. Everywhere I get an invitation, I go because I'm here to drop the bomb. <laughs> so watch this. So watch, watch what Jesus says. It's true to Philip as it's true to us. He says, believe thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Now watch what he says. The words. Somebody say the logos. The reason, the divine reason, the reason why I speak. He goes, I speak unto you, that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Jesus, I can do nothing of myself except the Father help me. Jesus said, the reason why you don't hear me is because the Father is not your Father, but the devil. Are y'all hearing what Jesus is saying? He's helping you understand the divine reason. Now watch what he says. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that, the Father that dwelleth in me. Did you see what, what does it say? He doeth the works. Y'all missed it. 
Okay, so everybody, got, you got to listen. Everybody pay attention. Let me, let me read it again because I could tell there was a distraction. You know, the enemy likes to distract us. It could just be somebody moving about. Everybody stay super still. Don't, don't, don't pop your gum. Uh, don't, don't poke your ear. Don't do anything. Stay, stay still. You got to hear this, right? Don't think about what's going on. Think about what the Spirit of God is trying to say. Get into your spiritual mind. I'm going to read it again. He says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. He says, right here, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Look what he says. He doeth the works 